Hi, this is Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. Well, we have the privilege of speaking with Vivek Ramaswamy this morning. Uh, He's been in Iowa this past week, and he's taken some very bold stands on this uh, CO2 pipeline that we discussed with Congressman Steve King a few uh, months ago. It's pretty interesting. He's the only candidate in the presidential race speaking out against it. So we're going to discuss that with him. But of course, we're going to discuss other things with him as well. I know that it's a it's a it's an interesting thing, especially for Christians, uh, to have a candidate with a name like that, Vivek Ramaswamy. What does that mean? What does it mean? He's Hindu, but he went to a Catholic school. Well, I ask him a little bit of that, and I tell you right up front, I didn't have time to to expand that section like I would have liked, but I want you to hear what he has to say. Um, you know, Vivek was <laughs> like a wunderkind. He was like a really good tennis player. In fact, they his teammates used to play <laughs> stump the Vivek because they could never they could never find anything that he didn't know. And so they play the coach was uh giving a, an interview and talked about how they did this. The kids kept the students, his teammates kept trying to catch him on something and it didn't work. He also used to rap. He did a lot of rapping uh, go figure. He was a pianist, uh, but he also graduated uh, from Harvard, and he also graduated from Yale in law. Uh, he is a uh, uh, he was a hedge fund manager. He made millions of dollars in hedge funds. He then uh, he went into uh, uh, he ta- started he started an organization to fight this ESG movement in corporations and had great success with that. He's been fighting against the climate agenda. For a long time, he calls it a hoax. Sounds familiar. We talk about that all the time. He's pro-life and pro-family. It's pretty amazing. Uh, He is a wunderkind. He is. He's a multi-million dollar um, wunderkind who has a law degree, and he's smart about everything. His friends said they thought he would win win Nobel Prizes for his scientific knowledge, but instead, he's running for president. All right, well, we're going to play some of the clips like his comment in the most recent debate coming after Ronald McDaniel, who's the chairman of the RNC, and we're going to talk about that. So I I hope you'll stay tuned because it's pretty interesting. Meanwhile, you know that our phone number is 662-821-2040. You can call us and leave a message. Many of you have been doing that. You can write us at sandy at afr.net. You can find us on any social media platform, unfortunately. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if we just did away with all of that, even put away our phones? But we can't. And so we have to stay in the game, and that's how we communicate with you. You can go on any podcast platform and find the show, Sandy Rios 24-7. You can find us especially at our home base, which is AFR.net. And you can find out more information about the show on Sandy Rios 24-7. But before we continue with that, I want to ask you a question. Why do you think our society is so ravenous to abort babies? Where is that coming from? A former Satanist who was um, speaking out about this said that the demonic forces have a bloodlust for the innocents and sickly believe their blood sacrifice empowers evil. It sounds strange, I know, but I have to tell you, uh, the more... um, out of control this world gets, the more I feel that power of the dark side. I think Satan is just rising up. We see and the slaughter in Israel. It's not just in our country. It's around the world. It's this, this hatred of life. So we know that we're fighting a spiritual battle as we try to protect the most innocent among us. 
uh, the babies that are in their mother's womb. Preborn stands on the front lines of this battle, and their network of clinics are positioned in the highest abortion areas, often next to abortion mills, where unspeakable evil takes place every day. Preborn offers God's love and life to protect hurting women and precious preborn babies. And every time a baby is saved, which happens 200 times a day in those clinics, God conquers evil. Please make your most generous gift to empower good and rescue precious souls. Just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. Now sit back and relax and enjoy this time that we're spending with Vivek Ramaswamy on today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. Only two Republican presidential candidates publicly say they're opposed to the land for the proposed pipelines being taken by eminent domain. Ryan Binkley and Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy says he came to his stance after listening to Iowans on the issue. We're not going to stop until we actually get a solid answer on what the heck is the objective here. How does it advance the public interest? I don't think it does. And I stand for speaking that hard truth. The Iowa Utilities Board is debating a permit for the proposed Summit Carbon Solutions pipeline. Much of the anger comes from plans to use eminent domain to get the land for the pipeline. Ramaswamy says this isn't just an Iowa issue. But a lot of it's not a state's issue when the subsidy's coming from the federal government. So it's a state issue and a federal issue. So what I would do is, I swear an oath to the Constitution, I don't think that subsidy can be paid by the federal government to actors that are using unconstitutional eminent domain. That's what I would stand for. But Ramaswamy says coming out against pipelines isn't just about getting Iowan support, but spotlighting the issue. Well, I hope that it raises the profile of the issue. I think the voters are quickly learning that there's a difference between the puppet masters and the puppets they wield. Ramaswamy is still at fourth place in most polls, but he says that most of his supporters are younger first-time caucus goers who are getting polled. That's why he's still holding out hope that he can pull out a surprise victory come caucus night. In Des Moines, I'm Connor Hendricks reporting. All right, Sandy Rios with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. Uh, and it's our pleasure to have Vivek Ramaswamy with us this morning. Vivek is speaking about things that no one else will speak about. If you listen to me much, you know we've already talked about that pipeline. Uh, there's a tremendous opposition from the farmers, from people like Steve King, but Kim Reynolds, the government governor, is in favor of it. And Vivek has the mind to embrace this and make it clear. I've asked him to join us this morning. Vivek, you've already made some great points in that a clip we played, but why, why this issue for you? Well, look, this is an issue that I've actually been close to for a long time as it relates to the global climate cult. This is a global climate religion that is hostile to carbon dioxide. So this is long before I ran for president. I was against the ESG movement and and built many counter-movements against it. 
So in March of this year, when I first heard about this pipeline, I came out against it in Western Iowa and said that it doesn't make sense to capture carbon dioxide and then use it to create risky pipelines across farmers' land. But what really then drew me into this issue was when they started to use eminent domain to seize that farmers' land, because that then becomes a constitutional issue. And eminent domain is reserved only for public usage. That's not what this is. This is private usage here. But further in a situation where it is truly necessary. And I do not believe under any interpretation of the law or the Constitution that it is necessary, that it is some clear and urgent necessity to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. That's just a claim of the global climate cult that's based on false premises. So, hey, I think it's illegal. I think it's unconstitutional to use eminent domain in these circumstances. But even more, if you can justify the use of eminent domain with removing carbon dioxide with a pipeline, then you should be able to effectively envision them coming and taking your gas stove and leaving a $50 check in your mailbox or do the the same with your car or your cow. And so I think that this sets an awful precedent as well. I do too. And I, I don't understand, you know, I ones are pretty smart. They really are. And I, that's why I like it yep. that they have one of the first caucuses because they really are thoughtful. They spend months and I'm sure you're seeing that in Iowa. So when yes. you have made these statements against this pipeline, you're going against the governor, you're going against the Republican party leadership, I believe. And yes. Iowa, how are people responding? People on the ground totally appreciate that someone's actually able to speak the truth about this message. I've met with farmers who are deadly worried that there's going to be a pipeline running across their land that they gave no consent to, forcing them to do it by way of eminent domain. This is a major issue on Iowans' minds, especially across northern and western Iowa. And yet the Republican establishment is the one that has sold them out equally to the Democrats. So I think it says a lot about the cancerous state of American politics. And the reason I'm able to speak clearly about this is that Unlike the other major candidates in the race, I'm not a puppet for the puppet masters in the Republican establishment. Thankfully, my biggest donor is me, and that allows me to speak (laughs) freely on issues where others are very constrained by the shackles applied to them. (laughs) You sound like someone else that ran for president. I mean, really, it is delightful, Vivek. And I've worked in D.C. for years. What you're saying about the Republican establishment cannot be overstated. There is no exaggeration here. And that brings us to your altercation uh, with uh, Rona. You you picked a fight at the last debate. If you don't mind, I'd, can I just play that, please? I, I, sure. Let's play that. Then I really, because this is not a gimmick. I want to make this clear. I'm sure people are playing this and thinking it's funny like a gimmick. This really is in many ways the heart of the problem we have right now in taking back this country. So this is the last debate. It's the opening state, statement by Vivek Ramaswamy. Let's listen. Mr. Ramaswamy, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020. 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. 
Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Christian Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Roberts. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn to That's Governor, Governor Christie. Why you... Okay, so there's a lot to talk about there, but uh, Vivek, I, first of all, uh, Lester Holt and Kristen Velker were the moderators, and Hugh Hewitt, and Hugh, Hugh is not a conservative Republican, by the way. Uh, but I, I No, and I think, um, I have a personal opinion about this, but I, I would like to run this by you. I, I think the reason they choose that is because they hate the Republican base, and they're trying to broaden it. They want a different base, because they really, the establishment, have no base. I, yeah. I, so uh, what what other reason could there be for them doing what they're doing about these hosts and these well, you combine that combine that with the influence of green pieces of paper on our politics. I mean, uh-huh. that's really the root cause and the cancer. People who have special interests involved. You know, they are in this for themselves and they're using the Republican Party establishment and Republican politicians as pawns, as puppets to an advance an agenda that has to do with them and not with the country. And so every other candidate in this race, certainly on that debate stage, is a slave to their master. And I'm unchained. And I think that that is a sad state of affairs that it takes somebody who, you know, look, I'm putting tens of millions of dollars into my money of my own money into this presidential campaign. I already have and more to come. And I think that I wish we lived in a system where it didn't take somebody who has accumulated significant amounts of wealth or the only people who can break the system but that is where we are now. But I want to go in there and get that job done such that by the time I leave in January 2033 after two terms, it won't work that way anymore. We will end the corruption and, and ultimately gut the bureaucracy, both in the federal government and in the Republican Party. Well, of course, uh, we real Americans long for that, Vivek. But before we get to the next part, uh, I want to take just a minute away from our conversation with Vivek to ask you some important medical care questions that could actually save your life. Does your medical plan allow you to choose your doctors? Does your doctor provide the best treatment for your illness, or is he sold out to Big Pharma? We saw the travesty of not having these answers in place when COVID came calling, and now we're smarter. That's why I strongly recommend Christian Healthcare Ministries, when you enroll with chministries.org Sandy, you will have the freedom to choose doctors who share your values and will not withhold the proper treatment because they are sold out to some big pharmaceutical company. CH Ministries is affordable, and it's the longest-serving, or you could say first and original, cost-sharing ministry. It has assisted members with nearly $10 billion in medical bills. CHministries.org slash Sandy members have access to 24-7 telehealth services at no additional cost. It's no surprise why doctors appreciate working with CHM, and so will you. Make the switch today by visiting chministries.org slash 
Sandy, with Anytime Enrollment, you can sign up today and be in a community of believers that will pay and pray for you. chministries.org slash Sandy. I really want to drill down on this next part, because when I said this is not a gimmick, what you said, the way you opened that, is maybe it got a lot of attention. Yes, it did. I'm sure people are thinking you crafted that to get attention. Perhaps you did. But the, the point is deeper than that. And for instance, with Ronna McDaniel, one of the things that she did right after the 2020 election was disband the election integrity unit, which was beefed up uh, to prepare for the 2020 election, got rid of it, dismantled it. She's only recently put it back together. And I don't think, I have to say, that's one of the biggest problems we have right there. How can we have a fair and free election when we don't have people watching it and taking care of it? And there's some basic solutions that we have here, too. From a policy perspective, I've talked about the importance of single-day voting on Election Day as a national holiday with paper ballots, government-issued voter ID to match the voter file, English as the sole language on a ballot. That's not too much to ask. This is common sense. It shouldn't be controversial. The country that put a man on the moon can do it. Yet even the Republican Party working within the existing broken system isn't doing everything that it should be able to to help us win elections. And so when you have a failed RNC chairwoman who, over the course of five years, delivered disasters in 2018, 2020, 2022, and 2023, who sees her salary then go up by almost threefold over that period, that tells you something is badly rotten in our own party. And and I I think think a lot of Republicans, and we can spend time criticizing the Democrats, and I do that, and, and even the media, But we can't credibly do that if we're not calling out the failures and the corruption in our own party right here at home. And I do think I'm the only candidate in this race who's doing that. And, you know, I think that's important for us to be able to move forward. Because they are dependent. The other candidates are dependent on the RNC money. And that is the that is the reason you make it. That is the reason. And so that's why your, your voice is so important. It really is Vivek. And after that last debate, Ronna McDaniel, she almost proved my point by saying that I wouldn't get a cent of funding from the RNC. That's almost (laughs) proving my point about their corruption, right? Because it's not her money. It belongs to the voter base and the the people who are making small and large dollar donors to the RNC. She's wielding it like it is her money. And so it's like a squatter in a rent-controlled apartment is the best analogy I can use is they at some point think they own the place, but now it's time to evict. They do. But, and, the they, and the tentacles go deep, and that's why we're having trouble in states and in the national government. I, I want to ask you about the next debate, because I, are you concerned? In, in Iowa, as I understand it right now with the polling, uh, you are in fourth place. I know that you debate that because you have younger voters. I want you to be right about that, by the way. Uh, but um, they are the stringent regulations for the next debate in terms of the percentages you have to have in the polls are yep. higher. Are you concerned that they will shut you out from the next debate? Well, I'm on this Wednesday. So it's coming up this coming Wednesday. I'm officially on that debate stage. And you know what? I think that there's no doubt about it that they're trying to game and use every tactic they can to keep me off that debate stage. In fact, there was one interview this last week was clearly designed to bait me into getting disqualified because there's a pledge that they've required of all the candidates to support the eventual nominee. And, you know, I've been crystal clear. Donald Trump will have my full support if he's the nominee, and and I expect his if I'm the nominee. There's two America First candidates in this race. But I've signed the pledge to make the debate stage. And 
you know, there was a reporter that specifically kept trying to bait me. Well, if Nikki Haley or, or Chris Christie or somebody else is the nominee, would they have your support? And it was very clear what was going on, right? Is, is if you say something contrary to that, then you'd be eliminated. So I'm, I'm well above the polling thresholds, but I think it is clear the establishment does not want me on that debate stage. They don't want me in this race. But the good news is it's not their choice. I don't report to them. I report to the people of this country. And that's what it's going to take in a president who has that kind of clarity about who they're actually reporting to when it comes to getting the job done and shutting down the shadow government and actually moving this country forward. Vivek, I have one more question, and it's a deep one. Uh, but your, your mind is capable of quick answers on deep subjects, and I'd love to have a further conversation on this. I know that you know that one of the hindrances for you is your last name and your Hindu faith. Uh, so, you know, you went to a Catholic high school. It's, you, your values are, uh, uh, your stands on the issues are nearly identical to, to uh, Christians. And uh, you went to a Catholic high school. I'm an yes. evangelical. But this, in, in Iowa, this is a very big deal. No one knows better than you the differences between Hinduism and Christianity and how it might play out in your politics. Please explain your view of that. How would that make a difference and how you led this nation? Where would the problems be for Christians, you think? I, I don't think there would be problems. To the contrary, I think that part of what we've lost is our shared values as a country. The Judeo-Christian values this country was founded on, those are values that I deeply share. They were the values that I was raised in. And you know what? I think that John Adams, as a, fun, as a side note, one person might know as well as I do is John Adams. He, in his years after the presidency, became something of a scholar of Hinduism. And in his letters to Thomas Jefferson would actually write about that as well. But in, in, in any case, I'll tell you the values I was raised in. The core ten- teachings of my faith is that there's one true God, that he puts us each here for a purpose, that we have a moral duty to realize that purpose, that we're God's instruments, that he works through us, and that we are all equal because God resides in each of us. That's a different way of saying the similar value that we're equal because we're made in the image of God. That's what I learned at St. Xavier High School. And, you know, my parents brought me up in a pretty traditional upbringing with that faith instilling it in me, teaching us that, that you know, absolutely, family is the foundation. Respect your parents. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't commit adultery. Abstinence before marriage is the way to go. Divorce is not some preference you opt for. But then you read the Ten Commandments, as I did in ninth grade. Turns out there's one true God. Don't take his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath. Honor your parents. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Go straight down the list. Don't covet. These values, I wasn't reading about them for the first time. And I'll tell you, Sandy, that's where it hit me, that these values, they don't belong to Hindus. And they don't belong to Christians. They belong to God. And those are the values that this nation was founded on. But I think I will be able to stand for those values more effectively than many other politicians of a prior generation that I think have become very shy yes. about talking about traditional values of faith and family and otherwise. And so, well, you've pr- you've proven that. You've I, proven I, I that on the platform. We'll be able to reach young people with this as well. That's my that's my goal, and I think that we'll make faith and family and hard work cool again yeah. in this country. Well, I think we. I want to conclude our discussion by just pointing out, now I am an evangelical Christian, and I know a bit about Hinduism. I was in India, um, but I want people to understand that the founders were pretty clear 
that we were a nation bound by a, um, a constitution and laws, and it didn't matter to them. Uh, they set about to lay, lay a foundation for a country where people could come from all over the world and different points of view as long as they shared these values centered in the Constitution. We are in a different time, a different place in this country. And so I would encourage people to uh, give you um, a really good hearing, Vivek, because I hate for you to be you've – you've just been a voice – Look, it doesn't matter if a person calls themselves a Christian if they don't do anything. It's what you do, not what you say. So we are watching what you do, Vivek, as you know, as we should, and you would want us to do that. Um, Any last thought from you before we say goodbye? You know, I I don't think that we have to be this nation in decline. You know, we talk about a lot of the challenges we face in the country, and that's important. But I don't think we have to be that nation in decline. I don't think we have to be ancient Rome. Some of us have seem to have resigned ourselves to that. I don't think it has to stay that way. The way I see it, and I say this as a young person, I'm 38. Well, Thomas Jefferson was 33 when he wrote the Declaration of Independence. I think we as a nation right now are really just a little young, actually, going through our version of adolescence right now. That's the way I see it. And see it that way. Maybe we're just figuring out who we're going to be when we grow up. When you view it that way, a lot of what you see in the present makes sense again. When you go through that adolescence, you go through that identity crisis. I did. Many of us probably did. But we are stronger for it when we get to our adulthood on the other side. And so that's how I see our nation today, not just in our decline, but maybe even in our ascent. And I'm not the guy who's going to tell you it's morning in America right now because it's not. But I think it can be that the American dream, it's not alive and well, it's alive and it's on life support, but it can be alive and well again. And I think it's going to take someone from the next generation with fresh legs to lead us there. That's why I'm in this night and I'm hopeful that we'll be successful. And if that's God's will, that's exactly what we're going to do for this country. Vivek Ramaswamy, you're a breath of fresh air. And just the, the truth that you speak, look, all truth is God's truth. And mm-hmm. So it washes over us, and people that love this country love what you're saying. So I hope that you can remain in the race and keep fighting, and we'll be looking forward to seeing what happens next, especially this Wednesday on the debate stage. Vivek Ramaswamy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Sandy. All the best. Thank you. Same to you, sir. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. We live in a time where it's amazing to me how quickly we've devolved in not valuing the lives of all people, really. You think of those smashings, hitting people in the back of the head in New York that went on for a time. Uh, You think of just these random murders. You think of, you know, mass murdering seems like innocent compared to what we're seeing. And then we see in Israel this, uh, it's really unspeakable, what they have done. Uh, what Hamas has done to babies, even inside mothers' stomachs, uh, really unspeakable things. Where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? Well, no doubt it's coming from the destroyer of life, Satan himself. It's coming from, uh, it doesn't matter how it manifests itself, if it manifests itself in Islam or leftist politics. It's the same thing. It's a murderous business. And so we have a lot to do. Uh, to change the culture here, to teach our children, 
to teach women who have been hardened by years of abortion being legal to the point where they are really hell-bent on never having it declared uh, unconstitutional, or that's why they're so angry, uh, because it means that they made a mistake, they did something wrong. They want to say to themselves, as long as it's legal, it's moral, but they are not the same thing. This is what's led us to this. uh, So they're rabidly defending abortion and rabidly fighting against doing away with abortion in any form. And that's what they're teaching their daughters, their granddaughters, and that's part of how we got to this place. Well, preborn really has this most wonderful solution, and that is, all right, you think you want to abort your baby? Then go in here, come with us, let us show you a picture, an ultrasound of your baby inside your womb. Amazingly, according to preborn stats, and I've heard from other organizations even higher uh, in their stats, over 50% of the women choose to keep their babies, even the most hardened of women, when they see that they just can't bring themselves to terminating the pregnancy. Uh, thank God for preborn. Thank God for them. And thank God for the help you've given them to provide ultrasounds for these women. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy, and make your most generous donation to change our culture and save babies' lives. Uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, let me turn to you. Uh, Please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. Do you think the Democrats, and we've got Christian Welker here, do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Roberts. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn to That's Governor, Governor Christie. Why you? I wanted you to hear that again. That's Vivek Ramaswamy. As you know, in the last debate, uh, that's how he started. Uh, and I want to think about with you what he said, because he's right. These are the kinds of things I've been telling you for years if you listen to me. It, this has been happening in one form or another since I first got really involved in politics in Illinois and Chicago years ago. Uh, except it's grown and grown and grown. And it goes like this. Uh, the people get elected, and many times they have really sincere motives. At least they used to. 
And they get elected, and then they get pretty comfortable. They make good money. They make connections. They get honor and praise. And soon they built a whole kingdom for themselves, and soon it became more about uh, getting money to run again. You know, members of Congress have to run every two years, and senators every six, but they it takes millions and millions of dollars to run a campaign now. So corporations came along, and not just corporations, special interests like Planned Parenthood uh, come along and offer a lot of money, and that's it's really hard to raise money. And so uh, there are incentives for sort of moderating your message or your passions because, after all, these people are giving you money, which means you don't have to work quite as hard, and you get to keep your position. That's part of this. That's part of what's happening here. But now we've grown into this system that is so corrupt. And as I said with Vivek, uh, in recent history, because you'll all remember that, in 2020, uh, the election corruption, the Democrats had really transformed so many of our election laws uh, regarding whether it was early voting or whatever. It wasn't just, they. not everything they did was illegal. A lot of it, they strategized. They changed laws in various states uh, to, to their advantage and to doing things that we've never done before, extending these voting periods, extending the, you know, changing the signature verification, not requiring voter ID. Those are major things that they did way, way back. Planning, the long game, remember, they play the long game. And so I can tell you personally that in 2016, when I was still in D.C., uh, many of us were trying to help President Trump, not officially, uh, but the advice given him was the RNC is doing nothing about election integrity. And the DNC has hired hundreds and hundreds of attorneys to challenge in every single race in every state. They're being led by Mark Elias. They are trying to, they've got plans to take this election in a different way. And the RNC's not doing anything. So you must do something. And it was uh, that was a mantra. And finally, uh, somewhere along that term, people began to take it seriously. The RNC actually put together an ele- election integrity unit. Some really good people went to work. and But it was probably too late, I have to tell you that. Uh, nevertheless, they built, they beefed up, and they started really, really attending to it. So President Trump lost in 2020. And as I said, with Vivek, guess what happened? The RNC mysteriously disbanded their election integrity unit. Do you think the Democrats dismantled their election grabbing, malfeasance, law changing, covering up all of their schemes? Do you think they stopped? I don't think so. Now, why would the RNC do that? Why would Republican establishment do that? Why would uh, donors, I can tell you this is a whole other class, the major donors for the Republican Party, are whispering to candidates constantly. I know this for a fact. Oh, get don't talk about the election. Just get past that 20. Just get past it. Don't talk about it. Let's just move forward. Ridiculously thinking that if they just give enough money, candidates can overcome this voter malfeasance. Well, we know, like uh, we just found out in the midterms, that's really not true. So the RNC is completely unprepared right now, and Rona McDaniel has been leading. All of these years, she's been the leader. You know that she was almost defeated, or at least she had a good challenge from Harmeet Dillon uh, six months ago, nine months ago. 
Uh, Harmeet really gave it a good faith effort, but did not because she was uh, speaking out like like Vivek is speaking out. But she lost, and Rona took charge. And she, as you heard Vivek say, now makes a lot more money. She's a nice person. She seems nice, doesn't she? But I'm telling you, as I say to you often, it isn't what a person says, it's what they do. It's what they do. And I will repeat to you, the Republican establishment, including the donor class, for the most part, because there aren't that many conservative major donors, including the people in power in the party, and there are exceptions. There's some exceptions. And some of these states, like Michigan, the local people are, are getting rid of some of the establishment uh, members of the of their particular Republican Party leadership. They're working hard to do that, but it's hard because they're entrenched. Uh, but the whole plan, I believe, I'm just saying, I believe it's true, true, true that the establishment would rather lose an election than let Donald Trump win again or let anyone win who they can't control. I could tell you that I think this is very true of someone like Mitch McConnell, of someone like Kevin McCarthy, who have been in charge of the various chambers in the, in the House and the Senate, uh, their caucus anyway. Um, they have tons of money to meet out, and they don't want any of these icky conservatives who actually represent the people in their chambers. They don't want them in the House. They don't want them in the Senate. So they don't give money, so they withhold, and they rather rather lose. In many ways, Mitch McConnell has an easy time when he's not in leadership. He can just sit back and criticize, but he still wields power, and that seems to be what matters to these people. That's what Vivek is fighting. That's what he's fighting. As a follow-up to his fight with uh, Roma, uh, she went on uh, with Stuart Varney on Fox and gave her response to Vivek, and I thought maybe we should listen. That's clip three. He's at he's at four percent. He needs a headline. I'm going to say what I've been saying to Republicans all along. Our headline should be about Joe Biden, the border, fentanyl, crime, terrible things that are happening in this country that the American people are looking to our party for solutions. But I also will stand by my record as RNC chair. He said I am the one who delivered Michigan for the first time in 30 years when I was Michigan chair. We just won back the House under my leadership. And I'll add one other thing. In 2022, we turned out, the RNC turned out 4 million more Republicans, and we would have won the Electoral College based on that turnout. Now, we don't do the messaging. That's a fact. We don't do it. And our candidates have lost their messaging on abortion. In Virginia, the Democrats spent $16 million on abortion ads. Republicans did not respond. In Kentucky... Democrats spent millions and millions on abortion ads. They did not respond. Now, the RNC doesn't do state races. We're a federal committee, so we weren't involved in those races on Tuesday. I know Vivek's kind of newer to the party. He voted for Obama, so he may not know that. All right, so there, uh, there, she had a lot in there, but and I'm going to come back to the abortion thing on a different show. Uh, but so she sounds nice. She said this is uh, his way. He needs, uh, he needs attention because he's 4% in the polls. Uh, so it's nothing to see here, nothing to see here in the RNC. No, no. What we have to talk about is the border and uh, about what's going badly in the country. Well, of course, do you understand that the Republican establishment has always pushed for an open border? It wasn't until Donald Trump was elected that there was any kind of a protection 
a wall built or any attempt to actually stop already what was happening on the border. None of the establishments. So that is just, I'm telling you, this you're being played with when they say things like that. And the last thing, just on that particular statement she made, when she said, accused Vivek Ramaswamy for voting for Barack Obama, now Vivek said he never, ever, ever voted for Barack Obama. That was actually a terrible slander. That's the kind of thing that will stick to a candidate and cause them to lose in a state like Iowa and cause them to lose, you know, in these primaries. Uh, that's And so uh, Vivek is furious about that, and that's why he started a whole movement called uh, FireRoma.com. So FireRoma.com, uh, that, what she said, she sounded so nice, but it's not nice. It's not nice because what they're actually, she's actually intentionally doing is uh, trimming down voter integrity. Uh, she talks a good game about other things, but it's nothing to help candidates that are speaking the truth like Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy, and even and even Ron DeSantis. So uh, I just wanted to give you a fuller understanding of what's happening here. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our time with Vivek. Next time I talk to him, I will drill down more on his faith, uh, because, uh, because I want to. I mean, obviously Hindus believe in lots of gods, and that's interesting because he said that he believes there's one God. I want to ask him about that. Um, I do believe, and I, I, I'm just telling you how I feel about this right now. I mean, t- things could change. But I do think things are so radically different in this country that the days when we could wish for uh, a strong Christian who is passionate on the issues, I find that many people that say they're Christians now are not passionate on the issues. They play it safe or they want to be nice. And you know how I feel about people, people's motivation being trying to be nice. It's deadly. It's deadly. This is a time to fight. And so that's why I think things are a little different now. Uh, and I think a person like Vivek should be considered, considered uh, as we think through this, because he is saying passionately the things that matter and the things that are true. Uh, we'll drill down with him at another conversation on uh, his, uh, his Hinduism and what that might mean. Uh, we'll do that on a different date. I really appreciate you listening. You know that you can reach us at 662 662- Eight two one two zero four zero. That's six six two eight two one two zero four zero. You can write us at sandy at afr.net. Uh, you can find us on any, you know, any Facebook. I started to say <laughs> Facebook, uh, Sandy Rios twenty four seven. Twitter at Sandy Rios tweet. How does my name end up in all of this? But it does. You know, I it, yeah. So it's kind of funny. I have to say my name so often. You know, I'm married and have a different name. And sometimes when I'm in a, a place like church or where I want to be known by my my married name, I can't even remember what my name is because I have to say Sandy Rios all the time. But I just shared that with you. That's that's free. You don't have to. There's no charge for that little bit of information. But you can hear us on any podcast platform. It's AFR.net, uh, AFR.net, and all podcast platforms. And I want to remind you of our wonderful sponsors, Christian Healthcare Ministries, Uh, providing a different way of supporting your family and their medical needs, chministries.org slash Sandy, and also our pro-life champions providing ultrasounds for moms who have babies that they feel they can't eat. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy and give your most generous donation. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.